Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is Michael C. Bouchard, the host of Night Stalker Podcast, episode number 69. And we're going to talk a little bit about Janis Joplin. You know, Janis Joplin, like many of the great music artists of the late 60s and 70s, um, influenced not only music, but embodied America in itself, the things that were going on, the cultural changes, the uh, change, our belief structures. Um, it was kind of an expanding horizon, you know. Uh, unfortunately, many of these uh, younger uh, artists at the time, you know, uh, Mama Cass Elliot, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Morrison, Joplin, um, you know, they fell victim to overdoses, well, except for uh, Mama Cass Elliot, but, um, you know, and if you really look back at some of the things from uh, the 60s, uh, you know, some of the Bob Dylan footage, uh, some of the earlier uh, footages, you know, footage, you, you see that although we have changed so much technologically um, over the last 40, 50 decades. Our cultural culture really hasn't. Um, you know, maybe the, the, these, this newer culture, these newer cultures, because they are just absent in a way of... Um, they listen to a lot of fake... fake uh, misleading media, uh, and it's unfortunate. Uh, it's unfortunately they, they weren't able to experience the things that us older people were, uh, and they're going to be saying the same thing as they get older, when they get older. But, um, you know, Janis Joplin, she, um, you know, she was one of really the first female artists that captured the essence of the music crowd back in uh, the 60s and up in the 70s. Um, you know, she she passed away, you know, she was born in, there's two different uh, thoughts on it. Some say she was born in um, 40, 45, uh, some say she was born in 43. I think 45 is probably the more accurate, um, probably the more accurate number in the case. Um, you know, she she became really infatuated with music at a very young age. Um, actually, I'm looking at her actual birthday. It was January 19th, 43, so 43 I'll, I'll take that as a uh, <clears throat> as an accurate uh, number. Uh, she, you know, she um, developed a um, interest in music at a very young age, and uh, the first band that she actually played in was uh, 
yeah, every once in a while I have to answer those phone calls when they come in. Um, the first band she played for was uh, with Big Brother, and the second was The Holding Company in uh, 66. Um, they did have have a uh, an album that came out in 68, uh, Cheap Thrills. The album itself was a, a fairly big success. Uh, however, there were frictions between Joplin and the uh, band, which uh, prompted her to leave. Um, you know, she was known for um, her pow- powerful vocals and uh, blues-inspired rock. Um, her first solo album, uh, I Got a Demo, All Cosmic Blue Angels Mama, came out in 69. Uh, it had mixed reviews. Believe it or not, her second album, Pearl, which came, was released in 1971, was actually released a year after her death. Um, and unfortunately, she had died at the age of 27 uh, on October 4th, 1970, from a drug overdose. And I also believe, you know, <clears throat> I, I can't remember that far back, but I think I think Hendrix and um, Morrison were 27 also. Uh, age 27. Uh, she was born in Port, Port Arthur, Texas. Uh, you know, she broke she broke a lot of uh, ground for women in rock and roll music. She, you know, she she really didn't come into fame till the mid 60s. Um, her she grew up in a really small town. Um, it was actually an oil town uh, and refineries. Uh, you know, she struggled to escape from the confined the confined community. You know, like all kids do when they they're born in a uh, community that's really small. Um, you know, they want to move outside that community. Nowadays, it seems regardless of what the size of your community is, they uh, you know the younger kids want to uh, they want to get the heck out of there, and you can't believe them, blame them. You know, uh, she attended uh, Thomas uh, Jefferson High School. Uh, she was known there as a really like a rebel. Uh, you know, so you know she. You know, it was funny because you know, similar to today, and like I said, you know, especially you, you younger people, you know, you have different terms for things, but it's, it's all, it's all the same. You know, she was known, uh, there were rumor mills, you know, she was, she was called a pig while I said she was sexually promiscuous. Um, you know, whatever the fact is, I mean, nothing for nothing from a male, a male's point of view. Uh, yeah, she was a good looking girl. I mean, there was no damn doubt about that. You know, she was, she was wild. You know, she was, <clears throat> she was what her time was, and that's, you know, her time was my time, and and that's that's how things were. Um, so, like I said, she had done a lot for, a lot for music uh, over the over the time. You know, it's just. Uh, you know, her, some of her inspirations were uh, vocalists, blues vocalists like Bessie Smith, Ma Rainey, uh, and uh, Odita. 
and mostly it was mostly you know uh, folk music at that time. Um, you know, she worked the local local bars uh, in nearby towns like Benton, Louisiana. You know, by the time she was a senior, uh, Joplin had a reputation as a, a ballsy um, girl who drank like a fish, which is, you know, you know, shit happens, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, she did attend the uh, Lamar State College of Technology on the town of Beaumont, Texas. Uh, however, she, you know, she spent most of her time hanging out, drinking with friends, uh, then she did studying. Her first semester, uh, Joplin left school. She went out to attend Fort Arthur College. Uh, she took secretarial courses, but um, by 61, she was already heading to um, Los Angeles. Summer 62, you know, she fled to uh, the University of uh, Texas at Austin, uh, where she studied art. Uh, it doesn't really specifically say what type of art. I don't know if it was folk art, traditional. It was. It's hard to say. Um, you know. You know. She also sang for a while with the uh, Waller Waller Creek Boys, uh, which was a band down in that area. Um, you know, at that time when she sang, you know, she quickly grew a, a large following, you know. There were certain icons that liked her, like uh, Joan Baez, who, you know, to this day, I, you know, Joan Baez used to hang out with uh, Bob Dylan. Uh, they were friends for a long time. As a matter of fact, it was known that... Uh, Baez really had a, uh, a thing for Bob Dylan, and they eventually thought they were going to hook up, but um, that never happened. He married somebody else, and uh, I don't know, Bob, I think he made a mistake with that one, but that's just my opinion. Uh, in 63, uh, Joplin ditched a school to, uh, you know, head down to with San Francisco with one of her friends, Chet Helms. You know, it is, it is what it is. I mean, people move on, you know. Um, you know, she played on, in some areas, including a stage performance at the uh, 63 uh, Monterey Folk Festival. Uh, didn't really gain her much attention. Um, spent some time in New York City where she hoped to uh, have a better, better go at her career. But uh, her drinking and drug use, uh, unfortunately, put a real kibosh on that deal. Uh, uh, 65, she left uh, San Francisco and returned home in uh, an effort to uh, get herself uh, together again, you know. Uh, that's unfortunate because, you know, if you listen to her music today, uh, if she had had her stuff together, she would have, she would have been she would have been way up there in the leagues. Uh, she took a, a break from uh, music and uh, hard partying for quite a while when she returned to back to Texas. Uh, you know, but sometimes this is, these are the things we need to do. Um, in May 63, she was recruited uh, 
uh, friends of uh, Travis Rivers to audition for a, uh, a rock band based in uh, San Francisco. Uh, again, it was Big Brothers and the Holding Company. At the time, the group was managed by uh, a friend of Joplin's, uh, Chet Helms. He was originally the one that uh, set out with her uh, in the first, uh, first, first trip to the Bay, uh, Bay State. Um, uh, she was also, she also worked a lot with, uh, the Great Dead, who at that time was a little more pop, popularity than, uh, a lot of the other bands around. Uh, watched some, uh, documentary on them and, uh, Netflix, uh, good shit, you gotta watch it to get a chance. Um, after singing with the, uh, Big Brothers band, um, she eventually, you know, assumed a larger role in the band, uh, which developed quite, quite quickly down in the Bay Area. Uh, again, you know, she, in 67, she reappeared at the, uh, Monterey Pop Festival, um, and they did their uh, version of a uh, ball and chain. Um, and here comes the, uh, you know, kind of the wave in the band. Uh, most of her, most of the band's acknowledgement was for uh, Joplin's uh, voice. Uh, unfortunately, again, here creeps the heroin, amphetamines. Uh, she drank straight bourbon from the bottle, um, you know, and this caused a lot of tension between the, the bandmates. I mean, I know, you know, it's a, a typical assumption that all bands are drunks and drug addicts and whatever have you, but, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't the case in a lot of the bands. Uh, you know, she, when she, uh, played at Monterey, uh, Columbia Records, uh, president at that time, I believe it was Clyde Davis, wanted to sign her, uh, Albert Grossman, uh, already managed Bob Dylan, and uh, Paul McCartney and Mary, uh, Peter Paul and Mary, excuse me, not Paul McCartney. Uh, you know, so she was she was in the mainstream of things at that time. You know, unfortunately, these freaking addictions, you know, they're, they're like bad fucking habits, man. you got to drop that shit. Um... The Big Brothers' first album, uh, which was uh, Cheap Thrills, which, I get, like I told you, brought in 68, uh, was highly successful. Uh, it, it hit gold record um, with songs like um, Peace of My Heart and Summertime. So, you know, she, she was on the, you know, a slow roll to... Uh, Becoming famous, you know. Um, unfortunately, if you look at the timeline, you know, that album with the Big Brothers came out in '68, and um, and her album, uh, she she did perform at Woodstock. Uh, released her first solo album, uh, like I said, was uh, I Got Them All, Cosmic Blues Again, Mama. Uh, that came out in '69. That had mixed reviews. Uh, some of the more memorable, 
both songs in there was uh, just a little bit harder. Uh, to Love Somebody, uh, which was a cover song from the uh, Bee Gees. Um, you know, even she says at that time, you know, there was a lot of things going on, a lot of stress. And as she put it, um, you know, it was a pretty, pretty heavy, heavy time for me. Um, you know, unfortunately, that was the, she did a, uh, an interview with uh, Howard Smith of the Village Voice that was, uh, I believe that was either 69 or 70, and that was the last the last interview she actually did. It was, she, she did that in September 30th of 1970, four days before her, her death. So, um, you know, again, she died October 4th, 1970. Uh, you know, and at 27, you know, it's, it's all, it's all because of our, our life habits, you know, the, uh, single, uh, me and, uh, Bobby McGee, what she sang, uh, it was actually written by, uh, Chris Christofferson, and believe it or not, he was actually a, uh, a former lover of hers, uh, reached the top charts, you know, it's, it just, like, sucks, sucks when, when you, after you die, you become famous, you know, although I don't really know too much about, you know, I, listen, I have a lot of, a lot of people that listen to my podcasts and read my books. You know, I've never actually thought of myself as, I don't know, being anywhere near the status of famous. I don't, I wouldn't probably even know what the hell that was. Um, but the fact is, I think, you know, being alive, even if somebody wanted to send me an email, because I leave my email and all that kind of crap on my book, in my books and shit like that, you know, in case anybody, you know, wants to contact me and say, hey, it's good, bad, indifferent, you suck, you know, um, just so I know what the common world is, so I can keep touch with the people out there that are listening to me, you know, that's, that's one of the, you know, I think this is one of her, her kind of traits, too, was she was very social, with the, uh, with her fans, you know, um, and you'll notice people that are social with their fans, uh, go a lot farther than people that aren't, um, well, like I said, I mean, I will throw on one of her albums, I still listen to 33s, 33 and a half, actually, uh, I will throw her on, Baez on, uh, Floyd, any, any 30, you know, any of the older ones, you know, Bob Dylan, uh, still trying to figure out what the hell he's saying with all that mumbling and stuff like that. Uh, I haven't come to that terms yet, but maybe if I get a little older, I will understand it. But as of now, I'm not quite sure. I do understand some of it, but I don't know if a lot of it makes sense to me. And just remember, like I always tell you, if you're in a dark place, a dark car, a dark alleyway, a dark parking lot, in a dark room, and you hear those footsteps coming up from behind you, you better know where the hell the back door or the back window is. If you can't get out, you better run like hell. Till next, we will be in episode number 70. Not sure what that's going to be, but when we figure it out, we'll let you know.